Damnation Alley. Everything man remembers is gone. Everything he has achieved is forgotten. Every place he has lived has become a wasteland, desolate, barren. And these five survivors may be the only humans left alive. Together, they will attempt a journey into the unknown. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And we are trying to knock off the last couple titles from Real Future. Yes. And if we had done Damnation Alley before now, we might have given up on the project. (laughs) But that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the Roger Zelazny short story from 1967 and the film starring Jan Michael Vincent and Hannibal from the A-Team. George Pappard. Yes. From 1977. (laughs) And that is what we're going to be doing because we have to, because we said we had to. Right. So, whose stupid idea was this? <laughs> I think it was yours. <laughs> Actually, James made us do it. Yeah. But I didn't want to say. That's it, yep. I, I damned this all in Damnation Alley. Yes. Yes. So. That's the title right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll decide what the, the title is. Thank okay. You okay. Your podcast. My bad. Um, Damn the podcast. <laughs> Full speed ahead. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. So we, we start with the story. Is there any commonality that we can pull out between these two things to say the story is? Nukes happened. Shit's radioactive. There's a group of survivors from a nuclear war who are trying to cross the country. Or a nuclear war, but... It's nuclear. Did I say nuclear? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so your response is that too. That too. <laughs> you don't even hear it, do you? No. That's okay. my Oregon accent. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Busting your chops. No, no. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yes. And there's a road trip. I mentioned the road trip. Oh, you're trying to cross yeah. the continent. Yes. Right. right. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that's just about it. In a, in a heavily armored, awesome vehicle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty on par, actually. Yes. It's pretty close to how I envisioned it looking-ish. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. So, yeah, that's pretty much the story. We're going right. to go full spoilers, as usual. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the short story. Or is it a novella? It's called a novella. Okay. It's 167 pages, I think. I no, think no, it's, that's no. the novel. Yeah, that's the novel. It's yeah. less than that. It's like 80. Yeah, it's like 80 pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I read it over a couple days. So, I actually bought a Roger Zelazny short story collection. Oh, wow. The Magic, October 1961 to October 1967. Illusions, Michael. Ten Tales by Roger Zelazny. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so, he was in there. So, I thought, eh, you know, it's easier to read than Real Future, which has tiny, tiny little print, which my, right. my eyes don't like anymore. Now, I'm telling you guys that you're missing, you missed a really <laughs> good opportunity to read it in the original, I think it was an Astounding Fiction. Was that the name of the... Um, pull, pull up the link. No. Oh, on archive.org? Yeah. yeah. So the Internet Archive has a copy of the original printing of this with artwork. From Galaxy Magazine? From Galaxy Magazine, hmm. which nice. James is looking up right now because I sent you both a link to it. <laughs> yes. I looked at it at some point, but I had already bought the Selazny collection. So any, any, I guess before we get into some of the other stuff, have you read any other Zelazny? I have. So uh, back in the 80s, I was a member of the Science Fiction Book Club, mm-hmm. and they sent me uh, nine, nine Princes in Amber, which was an mm-hmm. omnibus collection of all six Amber novels mm-hmm. with uh, Corwin of Amber. Nice. 
I have not read those ones. I did do an episode on Lord of Light on the Hugo's podcast. Mm. So you have not read Delazny? No. So n- none of you had any experience with Damnation Alley before this? Negative. Nope. I want to say that back in the V in the Betamax days mm-hmm. of the Ooh, 80s whoa. that we may have watched this. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Who's we? My family. Oh, no kidding. The royal we. Right. <laughs> we. <laughs> we. 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 Yes. Went to the video store yeah. and rented it. <laughs> yeah. We who live so far out of town that, that you could not pay the cable people to pull cable to our house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we never had cable either. So, and we were in Anchorage. It's just, I don't think my parents got cable until I went to college. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They had cable back then? <laughs> in the bygone days. <laughs> that means, that means uh, telegraph cable. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Television was very different. It was just dots and clicks. <laughs> dots and dashes. Did you guys have the little filter on your TV set that made the top look blue and the bottom look green? And then the middle was just clear? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, yeah. Short story or novella differs quite substantially from the film. Yes. Because there's a right. reason for the road trip, a compelling one, right? Where right. <laughs> the, and, and the main character is a convict. Yes. Hell Tanner. Yes. It's a great name. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize they used the same name. So, Tana. Uh, I think it's Jeff Tanner versus Hell. Right. But Right. Did they, as I say, did they actually say his first name in the movie? I just remember Tanner. Oh, I think he's right. Maybe somebody called him a first name, but it didn't stick. Yeah, right. I know. is it listed on IMDb? Probably, but so basically, he gets a pardon from the state of California. He's offered a pardon. Um, yeah, offered a pardon if he will run the alley, the Damnation Alley, mm-hmm. to Boston to deliver a vaccine. Right, which they have in California, mm-hmm. and they don't have in Boston. Uh, so Boston sent out a runner, uh, a guy on a on a sled. Mm-hmm. Although he went to New uh, went to California instead of Alaska. Right. <laughs> Trying to carry the vaccine to cure the plague. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were bound and determined to send it back. And so mm-hmm. they uh, got a bunch of kind of volunteers and put them in these super armored vehicles and uh, drove them across, back across the United States. Right. And in the post-apocalypse, there are gigantic bats and right. other exotic wildlife. Gila monsters. Big storms. Gila monsters. That's right. Yes. Big storms. Big storms. Right. And snakes. Yes. Yeah. And so I've seen, uh, I've seen plenty of big snakes in my time. <laughs> Biker gangs. <laughs> yeah. And so you through many travails and stops, uh, you know, he succeeds in making it to Boston and he's a legend by the time he gets there because I guess they have some kind of communication going. <laughs> I don't know how people would have heard that he was coming. Right. Well, he kept he kept on slowing down. So there used to be three vehicles and after mm-hmm. the windstorms they were down to one. Mm-hmm. And then his co-pilot died. And then he picked mm-hmm. up a lady and they drove together. And they got assaulted by a biker gang, and she died. Right. And then they hopped on a motorcycle, and he rode for a while, and he rode the last part of the way in a wagon, I think. I can't even remember. Yeah. So, yeah, they they had time to hear that he was on his way. Mm. Yes. So, it's one of those stories where not really that much happens. I mean, it's, 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 it's very linear, right? Right. Things, he goes to station A, and something happens at station A and station B, you know, all along the way, it's just kind of progressing like that i mean i enjoyed it i'm i guess i should ask what did you think of this story uh it has this anti-hero vibe Mm -hmm. so you Mm -hmm. remember that when this starts hell learns that his brother is going to go with him Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want that and so he literally beats the crap out of him and breaks his ribs (laughs) right 
uh, which is that was one certain awesome, actually. What? That was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's one solution to the problem. Yes. Not the one most people would choose. Right. But it that kind of sets hell. That's the way to guarantee it, though. Oh yeah, he wasn't going anywhere. Right. Yeah. Um. Don't got time for words. No, it kind of sets up Hell's character. And the thing that I took right. away from the story was that as time progresses, Hell seems to become more of a of a true hero in character and nature, and to um, be a little more self sacrificing. Mm-hmm. He starts off being very. Uh, Collins is like a good redemption story. I do like a good <laughs> redemption story. He's very skeptical of the whole process, right? Mm-hmm. He's only doing this for the pardon, right? He's, he's going to skip out if he can. Um, he can skip out if he can. But in the end, without anything, n- not the people that he started with, not the machine he started with, not the mm-hmm. girlfriend that he picks up, he finishes the job. Whereas once he got through Damnation Alley, he could have done anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, he even like cold cocked the guy that was going to ditch out, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Although there is an epilogue to the story where Hell Tanner can't just hang around, so he goes off. Right. It, right. So it's very it's very Mad Max Fury Road in a lot of ways. Have you seen that one? I oh, haven't. Yeah, you haven't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. S- similar sort of arc mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And the road trip. <laughs> road trip. <laughs> road trip. Road trip. <laughs> yep. Um yeah, but I don't know what else to say about the story. I read it on an airplane. So Oh really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you brought that whole book with- No, you had it on ebook, right? Yep. Okay. So, so you brought the whole book with you? <laughs> no. No, no, no. I like, I like e-readers. They're, yep. they're, they are always the same size. And I can make the print as large as I need to for my old eyes. So mm. <laughs> Even though my eyes are younger than Colin's, they're, they're worse. So uh, I don't know anymore. <laughs> well, they're starting to get more. My farsightedness is beginning. It's not getting worse. It's just the, my, my ability to actually, the ability of my eyes to flex to see stuff close up is, is going away. So, so I have reading glasses and I use them. Excellent. Yes. So yeah, that's the story. What did you think about it, James? I like the the novella actually. I ended up I had enough liquor to read it in one afternoon. Wow, which I did. All right. Yeah. So it was fun. Yeah. (laughs) And there was there was a screenplay written for it that Roger Lasley was all for. He was like, "That sounds awesome. That sounds pretty good." I think I would have liked to see this movie done in the eighties instead, though. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like on a Harley and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because in the, in the very beginning, when he's busting through LA and all that stuff, I, I was thinking of like uh, Schwarzenegger on the Harley and Terminator. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the studio wanted a rewrite of the screenplay. And so it was rewritten. And then, then it was when it was released, Zelazny was like... Of course they did. Because it's Fox Studios. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's a step that we haven't mentioned yet, which is the novel, which I don't think anybody read this time. Nope. I didn't. Nope. Mm. Um, uh, Mr. Zelazny's agent thought that as a novel, it might be more adaptable or more open to adaptation. Mm-hmm. So he wrote a well, novel. did he know? <laughs> well, not only... it was The novel reviewed really badly, and Zelazny oh, agreed with him. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like, yeah... <laughs> It's kind of like my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. And it didn't do very well. But that That's is what got adapted, not the short story. Did he actually change the novel to? Well, I guess we don't know. But I'm, what I was wondering, I'm wondering if the movie is more similar to the novel. Then is that what you? I don't know. But if you have three ninety five, you can pick it up at Powell's on Burnside. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll save my money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the film was not very commercially successful. It did pretty well on home video, from what, from what I've been able to read, mm. and it, it was, by the way, in Betamax format. Yes, it was. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I was thumbing through the IMDb trivia for this movie. Okay, and apparently, uh, so Fox had shelved it for about a year or six months or so, mm-hmm. 
because uh, they didn't want to release it at the same time as Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Right. And then, but they did release it while Star Wars was in post production, and they thought it was actually going to do better than Star Wars. <laughs> yes, it did not. Um, or more accurately, Episode Four: A New Hope. No, that's not more accurately. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's Star Wars. What did we think of this movie? Because I thought it was somewhere between crap and mega crap. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as Rollerball, the remake. Yeah, but it was really boring. True. Yeah. I mean, it's a complete waste of George Pappard and Jan Michael Vincent and Paul Winfield. Right. It, it, it would be... So, so Rollerball was actually more enjoyable, at least? No. <laughs> No, it, it had a little more action in it, but no, it's still okay. terrible. It's yeah, still the benchmark right. by which all other movies are, are judged. Right. I, I think you could you could put this one and Empire of the Ants in a double feature and be like, "Yep, yeah, these movies are related." Uh, right. <laughs> yes. Just from, just from that opening scene with the giant scorpions. <laughs> right. They were very yeah, much that was so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did kind of like the fake out at the beginning there. I have to admit. Because I thought there was an actual okay, yeah, that was on, on the, on the oh, motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, it pointed out something that I think has been pretty common in movies from like the 1950s through the like 1990s, which is that uh, a bunch of white guys in a silo end up destroying the world. Right. right. Yeah, there were parts at the beginning of the movie that I thought looked very similar to the beginning of War Games. Mm-hmm. Where in war games, oh, of course, yeah. it's just an exercise. But you know, right? Yeah, th- that's the thing that I I came away from the movie with. I was like, well. Why are we supposed to care about this at all? These are two of the guys responsible for the disaster. Mm-hmm. And now well, we're, now we're going to root for them? Like, I mean, I, I get it. They're just a cog in the machine, right? They're yeah. given their orders and they launch their nukes. But the nukes knock the Earth off its axis and and things go badly. And then all of a sudden we're supposed to be like, oh, these are our heroes. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's no real arc for anybody. Mm-mm. Like, Tanner doesn't really change his character at all. No. Um, yeah, the story in the movie kind of sucks. Denton, was that <laughs> Papard's name? Denton. Colonel Denton, yeah. 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 Colonel Denton. Yeah, he's the same ball-busting kind of guy through the whole thing with his right. weird plantation accent. Yep. <laughs> and the French chick they pick up. Right. Right. She screams a lot. She screams. But she does survive. Paul Winfield, of course, by virtue of being black, was not going to survive. Nope. But he wasn't the first one that died. He wasn't the first one. Nope. Uh, and that's probably a good time to bring up the cockroaches. Yes. Paul Winfield actually has a pretty good history of dying badly in movies. Um, you know, he's oh, killed really? by the Terminator in the original <laughs> Terminator film. Yep. He's, he, uh, I think he offs himself after the Centauran slug thing in Star Trek II. Yeah, he gets an earworm that oh, he just yeah. can't shake and mm-hmm. it drives him crazy. And I think he was in one of the Cujo sequels. I remember seeing a still frame <laughs> of him being attacked. Oh, wow. Or maybe, maybe it was a different, I don't think it was Cujo. Did they make more than one of those? I don't know. Hmm. I hope not. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just remember, I remember seeing him get attacked by a dog. So <laughs> had to be Cujo then. Had to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's killed it. by uh, armored, radioactive, invulnerable cockroaches. Yes. Right. And the movie takes great pains to show us that there are a bunch of these cockroaches, which Tons strip people right down to the flesh mm-hmm. uh, on on Tanner's boot as right. they're driving right. the motorcycle away. Yeah. yeah. And he takes those boots and his motorcycle right, right into the into the, mm-hmm. into the Landmaster. Yep. And that's the end of it. So I what you're saying is those those cockroaches find a quiet place and start making babies. And then the end of this, you know, you fast forward right. ten years. They got and Albany, Albany is completely stripped. Right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what were the Landmasters? Were the Landmasters the vehicle or the cockroaches? 
Dun, dun, dun. They were the vehicles, I think so. Because they were taught, they were Landmaster 1, Landmaster 2. Right. Uh, it was really cool. They actually built the Landmaster. Yes. And it was fully operational, mm-hmm. which is a cool thing that I like, because uh, they also did that to the Tumblr from... Oh, right. Batman Begins? Batman Begins. Nice. They actually built real tumblers and they were they all functioned. Hmm. Um, right. And so did the Landmaster. In fact, yeah. it, it survived a, a 25-foot jump and landing. Nice. Yeah. Not they 50 did, feet. They like did only build one, though. Speed? No. <laughs> Apparently. Right. And then uh, it, evidently it has made like the rounds of car shows. Yeah. 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 Car shows mm-hmm. in the Bay kind Area. Of crazy. <laughs> so the movie is very clearly shot in... California. The desert of California, right, in Arizona. <laughs> um, there was evidently some shooting done in like the meteor crater area. Oh, which is pretty barren. So hmm. makes it, sense. Uh, it's well hidden because one of the things they do to show us that the Earth has been knocked on its axis mm-hmm. is they change the color scheme of the film. Right. <laughs> so everything is you know red or green or blue or more. Yeah. I was sitting there thinking that's got to be because of stellar radiation of some kind, right? Aurora Borealis kind of stuff. And like, so are shouldn't they be getting like bombarded? I mean, the, so this is the thing, right? In in the story, it's you're going in that car and you're staying in that car until you get someplace safe, right? Because right. there's radiation belts and that kind of stuff. Where in this yeah. one, every every place they go, they just jump out of the thing, right? You know, yeah. Well, they've used the radiation counters to make sure there's nothing there. Okay, first, yeah. No, you, you mean they don't open it up and crewman guy is like, is there air? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do I? <laughs> yeah. Uh, very young Jackie Earl Haley in this from uh, Watchmen and other places. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's a crack shot with rocks, which comes in handy. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. The movie, I feel like, just kind of yada yadas over the entire Midwest. Because they, they, they go to Vegas, they, right. they go to the matte painting of Vegas, yes. <laughs> which is, like, I love a good matte painting, but that, that literally looked like they had just hung, a, like, a bed sheet out <laughs> yeah. with some painting on it. That was really bad. But, uh, yeah, and then, then they, they stop where there, there's the, the pimply hillbillies and... Uh, right. <laughs> sorry, crack Redneck desert people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, then they get to Detroit, and that's where the storm hits, and then the next thing they know... They're in. They're submerged in water they're from submerged. somewhere. <laughs> yes, and they end up being on a on a reverse heading of two six one west or east of uh, Albany, <laughs> east of Albany, New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess they must have somehow gotten sucked into the Great Lakes and gone through that way via the underground tunnels that the Loch Ness monster uses. Oh, I think you're. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Well, if they made it to one Springfield, I think there's tunnels connecting all the Springfields in the United States. Oh. Yeah. And that's where they shot The Simpsons, was in the Springfields. The Springfields. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Law of conservation of Springfields. Because there's right. one in New York. There's one in Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Missouri. Missouri. Yep. Misery. Misery. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the long and the short of it is I just, I didn't know why we should care about any of it. About the characters, right. about what was happening, and yeah, there's like no 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 plot to the whole thing. Yeah, and it's a brief movie. It's like 93 minutes long, and I was very bored. Right. Yeah. A very abrupt ending. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Please don't take Tana as a representative of our entire party. Yeah. You can kind of tell that the whole pace of the movie in the initial five minutes when they're getting ready to blow up the Earth, where they have that very painstaking step by step process right. of how they're going to blow up the Earth. Yes, and that's a lot of that stuff is kind of over the credits too. Yeah. But yeah. Or under the credits, I guess. Yeah, because it's one of those movies where the credits happen in the beginning of the movie rather than mm-hmm. the end. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I just kind of figured right. they were going to maybe show the nuclear war or just start with the, the reading on the screen without showing any of the preamble. That way you wouldn't have to suspend disbelief that, okay, in two years we got giant invincible – or we got invis- invincible cockroaches and yeah. big rubber mats of cockroaches. Did they really <laughs> yeah. give a timeline in the novella? Well, I don't think they did. No, but I think you're to assume that it's been yeah. a long time. Right. Like like decades at least. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I – Figured, yeah. 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 Not very many people had memories of, of the before. Right. I would rather see that movie, the novella movie. <laughs> yeah. And like like you said during the movie, right, Colin, it's like there, there's potential here to, to either adapt the story, and, you know, more of it and to, mm-hmm. to give them more of a motivation or to do a better job of the story they tried to tell. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the story they tried to tell should have had some compelling reason for them to get to Albany other than it just being, mm-hmm. you know, the place that we go because it's still there. Maybe we're supposed to care. So we have this this beginning question of why should we care about Tanner and Denton? Mm-hmm. But at one point, because a guy falls asleep while smoking a cigarette and while looking at porn, <laughs> he ends up blowing up the explosive gas that he is smoking next to. Um, and that, that may have caused him right. to need to leave. And they mm-hmm. had no place to go. And they picked New York because it has a broadcast right. that is kept right. broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Somewhere to go. But yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of thought that given the novella that Tanner and Denton would kind of be at odds with one another mm-hmm. and that, you know, between Denton's stodginess and Tanner's rebelliousness that eventually Denton would die and Tanner mm-hmm. would be forced to take over to protect the other people. Right. And then, you know, have a, have a character arc, but yeah, that, that didn't happen. And they hinted at that, but because right at the beginning, he's like, you know, I'm going to request a new assignment or, you know, personnel reassignment because I don't like you. Yeah. Right. We are not operationally compatible. Right. <laughs> yep. I don't, I don't have any will to go on. No. Nope. <laughs> he ain't doing nothing we all aren't going to do anyway. All right. All right. Here. What we used to do was say when we really didn't like something, <laughs> what would you do to make it better? And I kind of mentioned one thing, right? I, th- I right. think there should be a character arc for at least Hell Tanner, even if it's right. a little bit different from the novella. Mm-hmm. Having a good overarching reason for them to go. A yeah. clear, well-defined one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You guys can't see, but I'm pointing at James. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gesturing towards me in an animated fashion. Yes. It's an audio podcast, Colin. What would I do better? More language. Well, yes. More, it'd be more canonical. I, I do, more swearing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do kind of, you know, put on the, the Colin hat here. And, you know, so I always look at... Uh, non-faithful adaptation and and i'm like well okay not all change is good mm-hmm. and since we have an example of straying drastically from the source material you know you had some decent source right. material to to use so i would try and skew it a little more towards i you know the the idea of even if they're not prisoners uh you know convicts or that kind of stuff you know these military guys are one military one ex-military mm-hmm. they would have been motivated by trying to stop a plague in boston Right. Oh yeah, they sled medical supplies that other yeah. people might need. Mm-hmm. So, so what's that? That would be Denton's motivation, right? Tanner's motivation is well. Then I then I agree with you, right? That that he, he maybe he's only leaving because bad stuff happened, right? And Albany is any anywhere is better than here. So he's along for that, but he's surly and mm-hmm. doesn't want to take commands and that kind of stuff. And through that, you could you could kind of have the relationship between the two men mm-hmm. um, go yeah. some distance where. <laughs> <laughs> James is thinking about a very different movie. <laughs> a very different relationship. Yes. <laughs> Brokeback Damnation Alley. <laughs> Brokeback Alley. <laughs> Damn Brokeback Alley. Yeah. And um <laughs> uh, It's a yeah. romance story. Right. No, but 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 have them come to more of an understanding, you know, and 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 do a, you know, 
Andy Dufresne and Red kind of thing where they, they start mm-hmm. off, you know, not, maybe not liking each other, or being suspicious of each other a little bit and, and grow to be friends, you know, and pick up some people along the way. Right. And maybe keep them or lose them. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen more human adversaries and see the car be awesome. Because I'm like, if you're going right. to give me a Knight Rider style awesome vehicle, yeah, that been sweet. I want to see it do more than just, you know, blow up like a, sh- a shack of Battle of the Motorcycle Gang. Yeah, that exactly. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and I liked that in in the book where it's just like, you know, the woman who ends up riding with him is just like, you blew up all my all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, they were shooting at me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he killed them very bad. Yeah. Well, she was like, I totally understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm with you now. <laughs> yeah, you know that that that's a good exercise, Colin. How would you how would you fix it? Don't just complain about it. Yeah, how would you fix it? Yeah, uh, I had read an article just today about someone saying that it's ripe for a remake. Sure. Um, I, I'd have a. I think you'd be challenged to make it different no, from no, no, Mad no. Max. Readaptation. <laughs> oh, you want to start from scratch? Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, re- remake in the sense of the thing, right? Mm. Where you know, there's oh, no reason well, to yeah. remake a good movie, so there's no reason to remake a Total Recall. It it didn't need a remake. Right. It was already a good movie, but no, no, I, w- I would say start from scratch though. Like I, w- yeah. I, w- I would like to see what we what we read. <laughs> mm. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it would have potential. So, but at this point, with so much you know dystopian and post apocalyptic stuff out there, like Mad Max, for instance, oh, right. it would just feel yeah. derivative of Mad Max. So yeah, even though it That's predates true. it by over a decade. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you'd want to make it distinct in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe set it on Mars. <laughs> like you said, what what they do is they go into a Damn prison. Martian alley. They go into a prison <laughs> nice. and they inject a guy with a disease, and the cure for the disease inside of a lockbox. And the lockbox only opens on certain GPS coordinates, which happen to be in Boston. <laughs> and so he's got to drive it in order to get there and get his self cured. Hmm. Motivated self interest. Yes, like which goes for the whole Hell Tanner character. Mm-hmm. It's true. And then he gets there and he doesn't even take the cure. <laughs> no, he takes it. Okay. <laughs> no, but he's 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 like you know what I'm I'm a better person now. I'm okay with dying horribly by from this plague. No, no, he doesn't do that. No, there, there there's what it is, right? He he gets there. There's only he's all the rest of his supplies of vaccines have gotten destroyed through through you know the whatever he's had to go through, and all he has is the time lock one that he can that's ready to administer to him. And he has to choose between and he has taking to choose it. between taking it and and giving it to the people so that they can they can manufacture more of it. And they can't manufacture it there fast enough go. to also save him. Mm-hmm. Right now we're talking. I think we fixed this thing. <laughs> well, if if any of our eighty two <laughs> listeners <laughs> don't be, be optimistic, Collins. <laughs> if any of our listener happen to be, <laughs> hey, I'm get right on that, will you please? <laughs> well, Emily doesn't listen to it. <laughs> no, not anymore. We're, did she ever? <laughs> My sister still sometimes listens to it. So. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're talking about Australian Hollywood here. That's right. Michael. Right. Michael. Call you up, buddy. <laughs> yep. Or Phil. Or Phil. <laughs> Sorry you had to listen to this film. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think we're wrapped. We're wrapped. I guess we didn't rank them. We didn't rank them. Uh, is there any question on this one? No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, date of release? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's a unanimous book movie. Yeah. The one thing that I neglected to mention was, I believe in the real future book, um, Forrest J. Ackerman actually says that the one favor that the Damnation Alley movie did was to get people to read the story. <laughs> so, so I'm like, if nice. you're going to pull out a positive for it, that's probably it because the story is worth reading. That's worth something. Yes. 
And so we only have one of these things left. As far as I know, I'll have to check uh, on the book and make sure we've checked off all the other ones. But I'm pretty, pretty sure we did. Pretty sure. Yeah. So we, we will talk to Phil and figure out what exactly we need to do for the Illustrated Man, because we may have a compressed schedule in September. Right. So we need to start getting that scheduled with Phil as well. Cool. All right. All right. I don't really have a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go classic. I mean, this is a it's a road trip movie. It's, it's a road, so road trip movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah. This should be an easy one, though. Right? All right. Actually. So in, <laughs> until next time, thanks everybody for listening. And sorry, we didn't like this movie. <laughs> it, it happens sometimes. And it, you're right, Colin. It, it sucks to to watch a string of movies that we don't really like. I mean, I liked I liked Millennium just fine. I guess we all did. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, we liked it more than Phil anyway. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it'd, it'd be nice to, to be able to watch more good movies. So maybe after we finish the real future thing, we should seek out stuff where we know we like the movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah, there has been a, uh, I've done, a, been doing a lot of research mm-hmm. and we're over 300 titles and I think we've only done. Oh wow. 80, 79, 79 podcasts. Mm-hmm. And, and that I, includes some clip shows. So. Yeah. Some clip shows, some Christmas episodes with questionable science fiction content. <laughs> yes. The April fool's episodes. Yeah. So we probably only have 69 or 70 real episodes. Mm-hmm. So there's more than enough content. <laughs> 69. I, I have to confess. There's one I've wanted to have had on the back burner for a long time. Mm-hmm. I want to do the book that was adapted into the 1980s movie with Mario Van Peebles. Solo. Solo. Oh, yes. okay. Because I, I saw that book. movie. Sweet. And it's it's an okay movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's great, but I want to <laughs> see where it started and, you know, hmm. okay. right. up, how it ended that way. All right. We'll, we'll add that to the list. We also had wanted to do The Running Man at some point. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And at some point be- before we shut the doors on this podcast, if we ever shut the doors on this podcast, <laughs> we're going we're to have to do The Invasion of Body Snatchers. <laughs> We just might oh, have yeah. to string it out over a couple We've months. We've been talking about that for like, what, what, that one forever. Yeah, like five years. <laughs> yes. So I, re- I read it about five years ago. Right. So, but I, I'd reread it. Yeah. Well, and there's still more Love, Death, and Robots to watch that's True. adapted. Mm-hmm. That's all really good. Yep. Oh, there is? And I, I would swear mm-hmm. that this year's Retro Hugo is adapted. Hmm. Hmm. Eventually, yes. we're going to have to do Frozen Hell as well. Yes. Because I, I got my, my paperback coffee. Co- coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got I, it. I prefer hardcover nice. coffees, but- I did, yeah. Yeah. And my bookmark. So, ooh. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, yeah, we'll have to do that. Maybe, maybe we should just save that for winter. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That, that's fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, sorry. We've, we've been dragging our feet here. I said I was going to give a blessing, and then I did not. So, until next time, may the road rise up to meet you, and may the book always fall open to where you left off. Bye. All right. Let's phone this one in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. <laughs>